Talk Radio. Hey, good evening, good afternoon, and good morning. Welcome to a special episode of the Greenhouse Effect Radio Show, uh, also in conjunction with Dysfunctional by Design, a radio show on Wednesday nights. It is the last day of August, August 31st, 2020. We would like to welcome you. Grab a pen and paper and uh, sit back and relax. The hero's journey is always, in some ways, the same. There, there are certain things that you have to go through in order to achieve something. There, there usually has to be some sort of sacrifice. There usually has to be a call to, to the journey. And there usually is, is, is a transformation of who you are and obstacles and things that that burn away and purge you into the person that you become. You're generally not a hero just for surviving by yourself, but but because you survive for a greater a greater purpose. Good afternoon or good morning. 
depending on what part of the world you are listening. I, I don't know. I can't even remember where I came up with that. Uh, but I'm like, you know, man, you know, I, I, I like to believe that maybe people overseas are, are listening to, to, uh, to our shows or, uh, heck, you know, somebody just could be listening to it, listening to a show in the morning from the previous night. But I always think it's cool and it kind of gives me a positive kind of vision towards what we're doing here on the radio show. Uh, so what's up? Good evening. It's uh, the last day of August. August blew by. Oh, my goodness. Uh, so many things to talk about, so many emotions to to review, a lot of processing going on around us. Uh, but again, welcome to a special follow-up episode of not only the Greenhouse Effect radio show, but also Dysfunctional by Design radio show. Uh, shows Both shows you can find here on blogtalkradio.com, Thursday and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. respectively, 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Um, I think what we're going to go ahead, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and uh, bring in our co-host, my dad, uh, co-host of Dysfunctional by Design, uh, again on Wednesday, 7 p.m. I wasn't sure if you want to come in now or come in later, so I just figured what the heck. <laughs> Are you there? Yeah. You, you like having the power of the mute, don't you? <laughs> I- <laughs> That's all right. I- that's I thought I gave you enough right. time. <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. Wait, is it, is it talking to me? Wait. <laughs> I got to give enough. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. What's up, Wilfredo? Ah, um, it's Monday. It's quite an interesting Monday, I'll tell you that. Um, but uh, we here. Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. How you doing? Well, there's a lot rocking around, you know, um, but like they say, you know, um, I'm breathing and I'm on this side of the, and I'm on this side of the dirt, you know. Amen. Right. Right. Yeah. And um, so, you know, and as, as my nephew Ray is fond of saying, I got another shot at the title, you know. Right on. (laughs) But in the meantime, in the meantime, you know, that's just, so much and yeah. and since last week it's just so much has gone on just since last yeah. week yeah you know um, so you know um it it's i mean physically you know i'm 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 grateful you know but em- mentally emotionally psychologically you know and medically well not medically speaking as far as having any issues but medically speaking as far as you know the ongoing coronavirus concerns you know um <laughs> so when i get when i start coughing i think covid-19 <laughs> you know if I, if I wake up with a little sweat covid-19 you know if i you know if i eat the wrong combination of stuff and get a little chest pain you know covid-19 you know and you know i'm a hypochondriac anyway so whatever's going on, you know, I stubbed my little pinky toe. COVID-19. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. But it's been mentally, emotionally, and, and, and psychologically, man, this has been, a, you know, it's been a, from last week to today, Monday, 
been it's been quite a quite an experience, you know. Um one of the challenges of being seventy three, you know, or you know, a senior citizen or an older person or a seasoned citizen or whatever people want to call it and however that fits into the grain, it just means that we've been around a while. And when you've been around a while, um, and I don't know if, you know, you've been around a while. I mean, anybody's been around a while. So I've been around a little longer than you. And, you know, and and as a result of being around just a little longer, you know, it's, it's, it's painful in some ways, you know, but it's definitely draining emotionally to see so many, so many themes of the past resurfaced. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. So I know that's the, you know, why I say a hundred words when a thousand words will do answer. And I apologize for that, but that's how I'm feeling. I, I don't, you know, yeah, I could just say I'm fine, you know, but that wouldn't be what's going on. You yeah. Know? Yeah. So anyway, yeah. Don't let me hold yeah. the time. Go ahead. No, that's just it's 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 is uh, you know, and this is a little um, again another moment for you and I uh, doing this on Monday rather than yeah like Wednesday. You know, uh, it's a little it's actually a little easier for me to follow your lead um, than vice versa. But what's interesting, the reason why I bring it up because you know last week. We started out, and you asked me, you know, how am I doing? And it was, it was kind of like, it's kind of like, I mean, like, yeah, it was yeah. reversed. You know, your your energy yeah. was a little bit more up, and I was kind of like, yeah, you know, I got all kind of things going on, you know. And we, you know, we talked about, you know, the the issues that not only black men but black women are also having and trying to survive in America and all this different mixture of emotions that we've had to deal with that were two weeks ago. And now here it is a week later, not even a week later, you know, um, right. Not even a whole seven days, you know, and it's more to it, you know? Um, yeah, right. Right. Absolutely. You know, um, in just this short period of time, you know, I, I, I'm thinking about last Wednesday and last Thursday and just mm-hmm. what's changed since then or what's happened since then, what has affected the mood since then. You know, I mean, like it's already an ongoing struggle, you know, um, just to just to try to contain, you know, trump them, you know. Um, yeah. You know, it, it, that's hard enough. I mean, because it's like kryptonite. It's a constant drain at my at my superpowers, you know, and, you know, and or or shields weakening, Captain. Drain <laughs> 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 my Star Trek shields or, you know, or the bubble, you know, the bubble's weakening. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's because mm-hmm. it's the Trump theme is, is, is that, you know, Trumpdom is, is a constant. You can't get away from it. You know, I you know, I love the news. I love listening to the news, but my news shield is crumbling. Yeah. You know, because it's so you know, it's so dominated by, you know, the next you know, move of this idiot. Last week we had the 
Republican National Convention. And what a travesty of of, of anything, <laughs> of anything that makes sense. But I thought, okay, now things will at least, you know, calm down to a, a singular direction. But, man, I couldn't have been wrong, more wrong. You know, I mean, no. like with with the Kenosha thing, you know, we just talked about it last week. And then to hear today, you know, this, this dude, you know, I, I don't even know what to call him. I mean, you know, so many <laughs> other names to call other him. Other names, you know? yeah, yeah. But he's like defending the shooter. I, I, I just, and see, it doesn't do me any good to say, you know, well, you know, that's, that's his stupidity. It does no good to say what he's about. Him saying it and how it affects me. You know, anybody could be saying those words and it would be affecting me. It's not like it's the president saying it so it makes it work. So I don't even consider this guy to be any semblance of a president. You know, he's yeah. not even a good steward. You know, um, he's a pretender. At best, he's a pretender. You know, and this pretender saying something like that. I mean, it, it's not just him saying that. But it's the overall impact of him saying that as far as so many of my post-traumatic stress crap, you know, being brought right back to the surface. Mm-hmm. You know, this, this, this thing, this, this issue, this, you know, it's not even an underlying theme anymore. You know, this overt racist ass attitude. But now with someone who could just blatantly and openly just spew it, you know, on the national medium, and it just gets picked up. And, yeah, it's great, it's great um, copy for, for news media, but they're constantly playing this thing. It's like all of the issues of my life, you know, in regards to racism and being invisibilized as a black man in American society and having this just thrown out there like a, 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 a media circus, you know, it, it's like I'm being shot at from both ends, you know, not just this idiot that sits on the throne, but even the media just talking about this is a constant barrage of that, which I have dodged all my life, you know? And, and, and the thing is, it's not really even about me as a black man. It's them playing their games. And again, you know, I'm the one who's being the pawn in it all. Mm-hmm. You know, it so anyway, man. And and have and don't you know, really and, have a voice on No, on because anything. we're reactionary. Yeah, we don't we, we we don't define social policy. We only react to it. And we only react to however it is that they define it. And they define it any way they want, depending on which direction the wind blows. You know, and I'm hearing people, you know, come down on Trump, but they're the same people who, when Obama was in office, they were coming down on Obama. You yeah. know, and, 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 you know, but now it's like, oh, Obama was, you know, the bomb. You know, it, it's, I don't have a short memory. All I have is, you know, potholes where where bombs, social racist bombs have exploded in my soul. You know, so these things just, you know, are revisited for me. 
You know, it's not a momentary theme. It's an ongoing issue. And compounded with, like, my boy, you know, dying. You know, man, and, and you know, um, I'm not one who gets real caught up on celebrity deaths. I can usually contain it in perspective, you know, because yeah. uh, people die, you know. And I'm trying to figure out how can a 73-year-old black man have, you know, such an emotional reaction to, you know, a cartoon hero, you know, who, who died, you know, um, a cartoon hero, you know, who was played by this young brother who, you know, who died and ain't no sequel to this, you know, that's it. And I was watching Black Panther last night and I hadn't seen it since Mm -hmm. me and the family went to the theater when it first came out. And, you know, I'm watching the movie, but what's, what was so emotional for me, man, even now when I'm just talking about it, what I remember most is not so much the movie, which I you know, really got into, but it was coming out and looking at the, the sea of folks yeah, that man. were in the lobby yeah. that the majority yeah. of them were white and young, yeah. you know, and they were saying, like, Wakanda forever. I mean, you know, and watching this, you know, and it's like, man, this is this is a movement. This is before yeah. all this bullshit has happened, you know, since um, but, the last you know, before, year or so. Before Pelosi and them was wearing kente cloths and yeah, and kneeling, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, I mean, before you know, before protests, before Corona, before any of that. It was yeah. like things were kind of, you know, contained, you know, you know, um, the the idiot wasn't as blatant of an idiot as he's been over the last couple of years, you know. So everything was relatively contained and to see all this action, man, it, it was like inspiring. It was like, man, you know, things aren't as bad as I thought with this idiot in office, you know. It's it you know everybody's rising to the cause regardless. Man, that's what I thought about when I was watching that movie last night. Yeah, you know how how I waited all my life for a black superhero. And let me say this last thing, and I'll back off, man. Um, see, you know, like you had some Black Panther comic books, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, and I didn't do my research. I can't say exactly what year the first Black Panther comic came out. But I tell you what, there's no doubt in my mind that the reason why the Black Panther wasn't made into a superhero yet because it would have clashed with the Black Panther Party. It would have given too much notoriety and and recognition to the Black Panther Party. It would have been just enough confusion for people to say, Black Panther, Black Panther Party, what are we talking about here? And it would have raised social consciousness just enough to investigate what the Black Panther Party was about. So, of course, we couldn't have a Black Panther superhero, you know, not, not in the late 60s and early 70s, you know, not, not when we were dealing with so much social unrest. You know, so I waited an extra, you know, 40, 50 years. And obviously a lot of people did, <laughs> you know, because this dude, man. You know, yeah, he yeah, brought I mean, it, man. He brought I mean, like it. in the 60s, 
you know, Stanley and them came out with uh, the X-Men, you know, in an effort to to showcase, you know, racism and even the plight of black Americans at that time or the Negro, you know, but they couldn't have black heroes. Right. So, you know, the the inspiration was Martin Luther King and Malcolm, you know, uh, Charles Xavier is. Martin Luther King, for example, and Malcolm X, you know, in the Magneto State. Um, but now, you know, 50 years, 60 years later, you know, we're able to, and even now, though, in Hollywood, too, right? They still whitewash black heroes, you know, they even have uh, Caucasians portraying comedic Egyptian deities, you know? Um, but now you get a movie like the Black Panther where people can be free to express themselves and accept, express themselves and 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 actually wear African garb and understand why they're wearing it, I think which was really awesome. You know, so just those little things that became a big deal, you know, in our society. So you know, and, it, and I was—I said it before on your on your post, and it's very similar. And we talked about it, uh, very similar to what I feel is that power, like having Obama in office, and the the ability for us to see it, and not just talk about it, because we talk about it a lot, but we don't really see it. You know, um, and to see Obama in office gave a lot of hope and let people know, yeah, anything's possible. Then you see Chadwick as the Black Panther, and it's like, yes, you know, we can be heroes and have our own society and uh, have our own culture, have our own land and, and things like that. So it's, 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 a, it's a, a difficult moment, you know, because it kind of went past just him being an entertainer, you know. But I was just kind of just added on what you were saying. So, yeah. So, yeah, it's a lot of a lot of emotions and things that we're dealing with right now. Um, and looking at some of the things that we talked about um, and, and looking at the, the Black family and what we're going through right now. And now the, you know, with this guy, with this brother passing away and uh, the... Um, The idea of um, having a hero to represent us is even kind of tough. It's like, dag, you know, we can't even express some express some things in 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 the entertainment world, if you will. Even though it's not really true, it still gives you know some power, some hope, some inspiration, motivation, things like that. But uh, so we we talked uh, about the uh, the effect of the black family during uh, COVID, um, as well as on Thursdays, talking about uh, we were talking a little bit about guilt, uh, going through some emotions. Uh, we've been talking a lot about trying to balance ourselves mentally, physically, uh, spiritually. And last Thursday, we left off in identifying different uh, types of guilt and 
acknowledging them and just trying to get past those feelings of guilt. Um, so, you know, I've got some messages after the last few weeks, like why, why are you even talking about guilt and, and why even bring that up as a subject matter? Um, I, I think that even now it's, it's very important. There was a, something that I, I mentioned last week and in, in dealing with what we see all around us, uh, and going through all these different emotions and all these things that we're dealing with, all this baggage that we're having to carry, um, things seem to be a lot more toxic, if you will. Like there really isn't a lot of gray matter anymore. And it's taken me a while to even understand what that means. I've really been learning a lot of things about myself and about just this world and just how things are uh, so different compared to five years ago when we were doing this show. Um, but things just really be, seem to be so black and white now. Um, and the level of toxicity can grow quickly, I think. Um, just the baggage that we carry and how quickly it becomes heavier. And sometimes I don't even think we realize it. Watching the news, reading about COVID numbers, seeing uh, an actor pass away or uh, a basketball player or even uh, head coach, John Thompson, passed away recently. So it's just like, damn, it's a lot of stuff. And it develops this toxic uh, feeling sometimes I think and, and we talked about the guilt of existential guilt uh, now just as a recap and I'm not going to get into everything from Thursday because I know I, I do want to go back and um, review our talking points from Wednesday show uh, but existential guilt as we talked about Thursday is uh, what we might see is uh, negative feelings that come from uh, think you know, like we're seeing like a lot of injustice going on, right? Uh, but sometimes we may feel like we want to do things. So me personally, so why, again, this goes back to what I'm talking about. So me personally, as most of you know, um, and what I used to do and working with children and working with families in the Chicagoland area, um, and, you know, so many things that are happening, I, sometimes I just not, I don't know what to do. I don't really know how I can help. I'm not going to just jump out there and be reactive, because we talked about that before. We can be very reactive to situations, and we just jump out there. But I find myself feeling kind of guilty sometimes because I'm not doing something. You know, like I'm not out there uh, walking the beat, walking the path, uh, protesting and getting in the mix of things. Um, and and I, I feel guilty about it sometimes, but that's existential guilt. So what happens, it develops this level of toxic, toxicity. <laughs> Got to say it slow sometimes. Um, and we, what happens is, I, I, I may say we sometimes, but let me just talk about me, that I sometimes uh, have this... I, 
deal with this feeling that I'm responsible for everybody else's pain. And I think that may resonate with a lot of us. Again, I don't want to speak for other people, but when we look at a lot of the injustice that's going on in the world and we're shaking our fist up at the sky like this is some BS, you know, um, I think sometimes we can get caught up in that feeling of guilt and uh, thinking that we're responsible for everybody else's suffering and pain and we have to do something about it. Um, so, you know, just coming from that and uh, just really taking this time during COVID to look at myself. And I always hope that everybody has these moments as we quote unquote social distance, uh, as you spend some time with yourself, which can be difficult. And again, this is why we talked about feelings of guilt and being so hard on yourself. Um, because I am uh, very well-versed in being hard on myself. <laughs> but now I realize it's not healthy, you know. Um, in order for me to be a better, to develop a better me, you know, I have to look at myself in the mirror, have those difficult discussions with myself, and go through the process and be fair to myself. You know, how can I help others if I can't take care of myself, right? So, you know, we talked a little bit last week, and we're just real quick. We talked about toxic guilt, natural guilt, and, again, existential guilt. Um, we can touch on those in a minute. But uh, I don't know if, if my dad is still there. I think he might have stepped away for a minute. No, I'm uh, here. I'm here. Oh, okay, okay. I just okay. didn't want to guilt trip you. <laughs> <laughs> How are you going to do that? I don't know, but just, you know, making comments about, you know, you walk down guilt memory lane, I guess. I don't know. Oh, I mean, you know, you know I, guilt, I'm okay with guilt, that. Guilt, guilt, such a, you know, it's such a, such a personal thing. It's, it's really, well, to me, it's such a personal thing. It's almost non-defining on a personal level. Yeah, we can from a, you know, from a uh, theoretic or therapeutic level, you know. But what one per- what one person might call guilt, another person might call satisfaction. You know, um, it, it's it's so it's so relative to the moment. You know, it's so personal to the issues at hand. You know, with when this experience, especially between two people, you know, where one is not feeling what the other's feeling, you know, and I don't know, it, it's a hard, it's it's one of those things that the best way for me to even look at it is through personal inventory, but I cannot do the wrong inventory when I'm doing that, you know. And it's so easy to do that with guilt. It's so easy to do with the wrong inventory. If there's something I'm feeling bad about, there has to be something that's complementary to it that I would otherwise feel good about. Else I have no reason to feel bad about it. You know, I wouldn't feel bad about something unless I would feel good about doing just the opposite. So it has to be within me to know the difference. Right. And if I'm, I'm not feeling guilty, it's because there's no response within me that would dictate 
that would be a justifiable. And if I'm dealing with whatever the, you know, but if it involves me and someone, what they're trying to make is law in me, and I'm, you know, some degree of con- but that's where I am with kids. What was that last part? Pages, so what was that last part you said? Some degree say of whatever you can. Can you hear me? Yeah, I I don't know. I I was oh. just on a roll oh. there for a minute. You know, I don't. I hardly ever know what I've said after I've said it. Yeah, I mean, I, I get it. It is. Uh, I guess it is for each individual then. The, to uh to deal with it. But I don't know, I, I just thought that in in reflecting or looking at myself uh and going through these processes, if you will, of um identifying my emotions and just trying to be a better me. I mean, you know how, how hard I go in on myself, you know? And so it's like why am I so hard on myself? And how many other people do that do that same thing to themselves, you know? Oh, I was raised Catholic, so I've written a book on guilt. (laughs) You know, know, yeah, I've spent a lifetime trying to, you know, um, dig out of that hole. Yeah. Yeah. Matter of fact, you know, so much that a friend of mine once said, hey, man, the best way to, you know, when you find yourself in a hole, the best way to deal with it is to stop digging. You know, so, you know, there's one thing that I know about, one thing I know about my own, you know, um, degrees of guilt, you know, has to do with never feeling um, good enough. Mm-hmm. Man, you can yeah. some pages, brother. You can hear all that? Is it that loud? Different. Yeah, man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 You know, and I just hope you find what you're looking for. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's all good. It, you know, I and you know, look, yeah, it's not, you know, like I ain't trying to bring, you know, the show down or you down or cuz I'm not really down. I'm just in a reflective place. You know, um death is not, you know, something new to me. I, you know, people die. You know, there's no doubt about it. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, those, those I know, heaven is getting filled up with more people I know up there than down here. You know, um, no question about that. I guess what I was talking about was in regards to symbolically what, you know, this whole Black Panther thing represented for me. You know, yeah, it was a movie. It was a wonderfully entertaining movie. But for me, it was so symbolic about so much of what, you know, has been the struggle, you know, for recognition, identity, visibility, and to finally see these things start showing up like a movie with a black superhero, knowing that, you know, again, I'm going to stress the point, knowing that, you know, it was avoided to let that black superhero call it the Black Panther you know, come out at the same time while the Black Panther Party 
was seen as such a, a criminal element, such a violent element. I mean, does this sound familiar? You know, like this guy is typecasting all protesters in the same vein, like they're all black. You know, I just can't help but to imagine what it must have been like for that 600-car caravan to ride up in Portland and to jump out and find out the majority of the people they were clashing with were white. <laughs> I bet Trump didn't tell them that. Say, hey, look here, y'all, or Murdoch, or whoever it is that's funding this thing. You know, I'm sure they didn't say, now y'all about to run into a lot of white folk. I'm sure they thought they were going to, you know, have the freedom of reign of movement, you know, have Trump behind them, and they were going to be clashing black folks. No, man. You know, Oregon, or well, Portland in particular, you know, black population is only 3% of the whole population. You know, so what's going on in Portland? You ain't going to tell me 3% of the people is causing it. it. You know, that ain't happening. You know, so it, it's the reflective thing of what's going on. It's just for me so so concerning because I'm hoping that my people are paying attention. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm hoping that, you know, we're really watching what's going on and talking about it, you know, and not doing what we've done so often in the past, just resigning ourselves to hearsay in your window and gossip and not really taking a look at the events at hand and how it has its impact on us because however it's affected me is going to affect all those around me, whether they agree with me or not. Just like I'm sure tonight you're feeling, you know, just by where I am, I'm sure it's having some effect on, on you, you know, just in trying to deal with, where I am, like you said earlier, well, you know, it seems like we're in the opposite place of where you were last week, you know, sounds like where I am this week. You know, well, it's it's good to have a show like this so we can find the balance. But that's the point. You know, if it's not being explored and talked about, then there's no way in the world it can be understood and defined. You know, and um, the context of what you know, what you're talking about with that one particular theme of what was discussed last week, the multifaceted aspects of guilt. You know, I'm, I'm not sure that my mind would allow me to say, oh, it's it's this one or it's that one, but that would be a good thing for somebody black and male like me to keep in mind if I ever deal with any form of counseling, to ask my counselor to help me identify just what this particular type of guilt is I'm dealing with. But for them to do that, they better have made a case study or a a research study of black males, you know, Mm -hmm. to understand our many emotional mood swings and, and what so often affects it. And in America, all too often, you know, it's more reactionary than cause. Anyway, man, I mean, let me back up. No, you're uh, you're actually good. Uh, we can take a caller here, um, but I, I would rather I would want to just keep going uh, and just kind of if if you wouldn't mind, maybe um, we come back when we have a moment. Just kind of keep going, uh, follow up from from Wednesday subject matter. Would you I mean, be yeah, up? man? What you know? Yeah, what what I just I just don't. I just thought you're getting ready to head out for a a nice, wonderful few days away from everything, man. And 
Like I see, that's what I was trying to say earlier. I don't want to be guilt tripping you. I don't want to be bringing you down. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to impose, you know, my, um, you know, what may sound like negativity, you know, and that's not the intention, man. So, yeah, you know, yeah, as always, man, I'm just thankful to be doing this with you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Let's, let's, Hit up a caller real quick. We have a caller in the queue here. Uh, let's see what's on their mind today. Good evening. Uh, thanks for calling in. Your mic is on. Welcome. Good evening. How are you gentlemen doing this tonight? Doing well tonight. I had to make a call from a different number. I know oh, that voice. Okay. okay. I thought that voice sounded familiar, but the number didn't look the same. Okay. Uh, he can disguise the number, but he can't disguise the voice. He can't disguise the voice. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to say, I have a question. Uh, well, no, I, I, I have a comment. Cool. Oh, oh, my God. I need a drink. <laughs> and, and and that's not true. I'm, I just said that because you said I have a question. So I, I had to mix it up on you. My man, my man, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so, un- unfortunately, I wasn't able to um, to call in on Thursday. What my, I guess the the question slash comment that I have is in regards to guilt. How much of that, or how many times have either one of you started talking about guilt and just started playing the what if game? Because I have a ton of guilt, but I can turn all that guilt into, well, if I didn't do this or if I didn't do that, how would things be different? I well, think that's the point we'll make it. Yeah. That kind of... That, that, go ahead, man. I'm sorry. No, that that kind of goes into... Um, so one of the reasons I, I wanted us to come back tonight, uh, because I think... What the point I was getting at was how we develop this guilt and we get so hard on ourselves. Uh, And the, whatever the baggage is that already came with the guilt from being raised in Catholic schools or whatever childhood uh, issues you had or bad relationships, whatever. um, I think we still get caught up in these moments where we get really hard on ourselves uh, and it's not necessary um, and so you go through this what if, and in my opinion, I think if we go through these what ifs, I think that just kind of adds on to the baggage because then you end up, uh, you end up, it just seems like you end up doing, as dad says, doing wrong inventory and you end up making a che- checklist on what you didn't do, you know, okay. and if you're just like, oh my God, oh, oh, and I didn't, oh, and I didn't do, oh, and I, you know what I'm saying? Instead of just... Yep. Accepting whatever the shortcoming is, if it is a shortcoming. And yeah, but but it, mm-hmm. let's let's say once once you accept the shortcomings and you apologize for those shortcomings, that still doesn't get rid of the guilt. Who are you apologizing? What'd you say? Who are you apologizing to? Okay, in in a in my situation. With me and my and my ex-wife, I was a little. I was not even a little bit. I was out of control 
Mm-hmm. And I want to say part of that led to our divorce. I've gotten under control and I've gotten my I've gotten my shit together. Excuse the language. And now I'm like, I'm sorry that I wasn't this person when I was with you. Because things may or may not have been different. And now both of us, now that we're divorced, <clears throat> both of us are happier than, than we've ever been. Mm-hmm. But I still have that guilt of, if I didn't do this and I didn't do that, things may be different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... She and she she's the type of person where it's like, hey, you had to learn, which makes it even for me makes it even harder because it's like if if you know if you'd have called me an ass from the get go, then I could I could jump I could get defensive and I could get offended and you know I could I could go all different kinds of ways, but because you're so understanding, then it makes me even feel more guilty. Mm-hmm. And that's my own demon that I have to that I have to battle with. Well, I'm a, I'm gonna say this, and um, and I kind of want to hit on some stuff that we talked about on Wednesday, I and mean, then maybe double back to more of this. If if hopefully you'll have time to stick around, because I know you're working yeah, tonight. Yeah, um, no, I got I'm I, I got you. I'm a, I'm gonna be around. But I, I I'll say this, you know, um, and and a lot of. Your your statement caused me to reflect on my marriage, right? And mm-hmm. maybe even, even anybody else that's listening. So when I was asking you about, I asked you, who did you apologize to? The point mm-hmm. was, have you ever thought about taking that time to apologize to yourself? If even if an apology is necessary. Um, you know, I know that there's... Uh, obligations that we have to the other person and that maybe we whatever it was with that it didn't work out or we didn't meet those requirements whatever uh that whatever that is uh the question i i'm i've been able to have with myself now is well did i take that time for myself did i take time to apologize to myself because i ended up not being who i was when i first got married by the time we divorced I wasn't the same will anymore. Yeah. You know? So and may and the situation may be different because I don't and, and maybe I do need to to figure out how to truly apologize to myself. But I was at the point where I just didn't care and whatever I did and whatever I wanted to do, I would justify and I would blame my ex for that. Well, this isn't happening, so I can go out and, and, and act a fool. And the whole time, and not the whole time, but when I was when I was out acting a fool, I didn't have to apologize for anything because this was what I, at least at the time, this is what I thought that I wanted. So why apologize for living in the moment in that instant gratification? I mean, why apologize to myself? I know I, I mean, I know I messed up. But if I wasn't married, I would just I would I wouldn't have been messing up everything else. I was doing what I wanted to do when I wanted to do it, and that's why I feel like at least for me, I need and I needed to apologize and say, hey, 
things were really, really messed up, and and now that things are better, I'm just I'm I'm just sorry. Not not so much again because we're both happy. We're happier now, separated than we are, or divorced than we are together. But it's still, you know, I'm I'm sorry I put you through all that garbage. So I'm 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 gonna leave you with one thing. I was going to wait till later. So you know, a couple of couple of times at the end of uh, at the end of the show, I've always asked for us to um, take a moment to think about something that we can do to bring joy to somebody's life. Right? You've heard me say mm-hmm. that before, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to I'm going to pose a challenge to you um, and and to anybody else that's listening and to myself as well. Um, maybe for this week or the month of September or whatever, how about we focus on bringing joy and commitment to ourselves? How about if we commit every day to figure out something that brings joy to our life? And I don't mean, yep. and I don't mean just, just no, you know, mm. disregard for anybody else. I'm not talking yeah. about I'm not talking about instant gratification. You yep. know. Mm. I'm not talking about the easy stuff. You're talking but, about the hard stuff. But still just being sure that you're you're still being good, that you're developing a healthy relationship with yourself. Yeah. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. So can I before I, I before you either mute me because I talk too much or before you go on a break. My one question to you, or not my one, because one turns into a thousand. But my question is bringing joy to somebody else. You know, you know how we have those cousin check-ins? Oh, you mean the ones that I sometimes initiate? Yeah. <laughs> Right, so so let me point. let me rephrase that. You know the ones that you 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 always initiate. I just threw a guilt trip in there. That's all. <laughs> oh yeah, well of course. But what if what if my phone wasn't working and then I wouldn't have to worry about it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is it? Are you? Is it? Is it? And it's never easy. But is it that easy? Just checking in on somebody. You know. It it is, is for me. Is 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 what easy? I'm I'm trying to track what y'all are talking about. Oh yeah, well no, just just the just the 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 being happy. So and, I don't and, do it. I don't do it to bring joy to you guys' life. I do it for me. Well, you know, absolutely. And when when I get that text from you, when I get that cousin check in. Other than the fact that we we talk a lot more, I think we talk more than than, and I may be wrong than any of our other cousins. Mm-hmm. So then, when you send that text, the first thing I think, the first thing I feel is is a little bit of guilt. I'm like, damn, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't do it first. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> and then I'm like, but that's my man, though, know? and I talk to him or at least listen to him. A couple times a month, yeah. and we we touch base. I mean, we've never been this close, as close as we have been over the past couple of years. Just mm-hmm. just reaching out to each other, 
But is right. me reaching out to you or you reaching out to me, is that that... Is that the... I'm trying to think of the word. Um, joy to somebody else or or checking in on yourself and making sure that other people are okay too. I'm not clear. Uh, can I jump can yeah, I jump in for a second? Come on. You know, yeah. uh uh you know, I I I tried to you know make commentary about this earlier in the show. You know, guilt is such a personal thing. You yeah. know that it's it, it from moment to moment it almost requires a constant redef redefining of just what's going on. You know, you can have past guilt, present mm-hmm. guilt, anticipated. I mean, guilt is like a Petri dish just waiting, you know, for an opportunity to, to serve up imperfections. You know, it, it's a, and, and, and then y'all, you know, it's also a requirement to be aware of, of denial because I can be in denial about one thing that can generate a particular type of guilt and then when I'm ready to get honest with myself, my honesty can generate another kind of guilt. So I have to, you know, have to take constant inventory about the state of my emotional status from moment to moment, relationship to relationship, and relationship with others, relationship with God, relationship with me, and where am I emotionally as these things are going on in my everyday life? How much do I hold on to? How much am I willing to let go of? Some of us just love pain. We're defined by our pain. We don't want to be saved from our pain because we think our station in life is to walk through it always apologizing for letting somebody down. You know, there's just, it's such a personal thing. And if you, if I'm dealing with someone who is on a different page emotionally from any given moment of our dealing with each other, there's no way to know if that person is going to make it easy for me to relinquish my guilt. They might rather that I continuously feel bad about something that they perceived I did to them. Or the other person is ready to forgive me before I'm ready to forgive myself. Or I take a look at things that happened five years ago and wish I hadn't done them. I mean, it's such guilt is such a trap. You know, so it, it, inventory is, the, to me, the best way to approach a confusing emotional moment in my life to just stop and take a look at what is important to me, what isn't important to me, and where does my, in this case, where does my guilt fit in? If I'm able to take a look at guilt from the past, wishing I hadn't done something, great. All I need to do is ask myself, what have I done about it since? And at some point, I have to ask myself, am I any better or am I any worse since that particular situation? If I'm better, own the better. If I'm worse, deal with the worse. 
but it's a waste of baggage space to hold on to things that I've improved. Yeah, we always say we're not perfect, but we are perfectly made. So whatever it is, the challenges of my life, y'all, that I'm dealing with, you know, they're character builders. You know, it helps shape me for the very next moment that's about to show up in my life. But if I got past guilt in the way, past guilt is how I'm going to introduce myself to a new moment. And then the question becomes, what would somebody want to do with that? Yeah, hmm. it's, it's, man, I tell you, guilt is a deep hole, you know, and, and sometimes it can be a bottomless pit. But yeah. the great challenge about all that, the great challenge about all that is when I reach a point that I realize I'm not really able to do much about it, I'm not able to fill in this hole. I, by myself, am not able to fix it. Then the question is, so what am I ready to surrender myself to? What kind of help do I need? You know, and that's just a matter of recognizing what the problem is. And that's the best way to be able to prescribe a particular form of, I ain't talking about rescuing. You know, too many people love to be rescued. Oh, you're not that bad. Well, that might fix the moment, you know, but it sure is not going to help the memory because as soon as that moment passes, the memory is right there waiting for that dialogue to disappear. It's not a matter of being not that bad or not that good. It's just a matter of recognizing not that perfect, you know. And if I can't find that balance for myself by myself, then I, I need help. And the question becomes, what does my circle of help look like? That's all I got. But then even, and no, I, and I, I completely agree. But when you leave that therapeutic session or when you leave that meeting and you walk out of that meeting with just feeling good, no, at the end of the day, you're still about. stuck with yourself. Yeah, but see, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm not talking about leaving a situation feeling good. I'm talking about approaching the situation to gain insight. See, the okay. more insight I gain, the more options I have. It's not a good okay. or bad thing. It's a what to do about it thing. You know, and yep. if I come into a situation with nothing on my plate, I need to leave it with something on my plate, else I'm not in the right therapeutic setting. It's yep. not a matter of being rescued. I don't need – look, I go to – every time I go to church, <laughs> every time, that, you know, not, not – Every time I go, forget about the attendance factor. But every every time I yes, every time I go, one thing is one thing is yeah, man. If if church attendance is is what's going to determine if I make it to heaven or not, this brother in trouble. <laughs> you know, one thing guaranteed every time, and I don't care A to Z, and I can give you from A to Z different forms of worship, right? No matter what it is, you know, um, when I walk into that setting, I'm going to carry what's with me into it. And while I'm there, guaranteed every time, I'm going to feel better than I did when I walked in. And as soon as I grab that doorknob to walk out, I'm going about to step out into the world full of hope from having that time spent in whatever that spiritual setting was. Guaranteed every time without fail. The problem yes. is memory for me. Yes. The problem is memory. 
as soon as I'm back engaging the world again, I forget every time what it was I felt so good about. So good ain't going to help me. Options have to apply. So then I need to remember something said, and from that thing or those things said, then it requires, when I'm talking about coming out of church, then it requires a diligent study of reminder of what it was that I heard that I can find, you know, for me, you know, validated and confirmed in Scripture. So I always have something, you know, feeling good ain't the point. You know, understanding is for me. So and I yeah. have that thing I can turn to and I can keep revisiting. You know, I, I, I'm I, a recovering alcoholic, although I call myself recovered. And what have I recovered from? It ain't about recovering from drinking that I can go back and drink again. No, a seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. Seemingly hopeless state of mind and body. That's as guilt-ridden as a person can be when it seems like everything is a waste of time. All right. When I start feeling better, what am I going to do now with what I felt so bad about? The AA program gave me a 12-step approach to deal with the issues at hand. But to practice these principles in all my affairs is up to me. The practice is up to me. First, I got to find the salvation, but then to hold on to it, I got to practice what it is that I'm learning. That's the way it works for me. I, I would venture to say for those who turn to counseling or therapy or any other form of spiritual guidance, I would venture to say the program isn't much work isn't worth much if it doesn't also have principles that must be applied. Will just talked about one a second ago, a principle of finding joy. You know, man, you know, in the sight of, of, of depression, in the sight of duress, in the sight of overwhelming, you know, um, 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 weighty guilt. What yeah. voice for that? Guilt. <laughs> you know, I need to have some moment in my life that I can appreciate. Yeah. Yep. Else I'm just going to be a walking apology. Now, sometimes that can be addictive too. You know, sometimes apologizing can get to feel so good that apologizing is all I do, thinking that, wow, this really helps me feel better. Believe me, you know, continuous apology is going to lead to an inevitable depression. Because inevitably I will feel like in all my apologies, ain't nobody apologizing to me. Hmm. That sounds a little bit on uh what we were talking about a few weeks back or last month as far as apologies and things like that. Amen. Amen. Apologies and guilt, man. Look here. They are strange bedfellows, but they definitely walk hand in hand. You know, apologies and there's got to be something else to it. It can't just be apology and it just can't be guilt. There has to be, in my estimation, some degree of self-satisfaction, you know, some degree of it. Else I'll never put down guilt because I'll always be apologized. Yeah. If I can't ever find satisfaction, the only thing I have left is apology. And then, of course, if there is no apology, what do I have? Guilt. What is the guilt for? Not apologizing. It's a trip. <laughs> it's enough to make a brother drink. 
<laughs> oh, I did <laughs> all the time. <laughs> yeah. You're just you're driving around in the car with 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 two left tires, and that's it. You just keep going in circles. Exactly, man, my man. Yeah, and better hope you're left-handed, so at least it feels like you're going in the right direction. (laughs) Yeah, or either that, or you got to realize, hey, I keep going in the same place. I need to get out of the car and and go walk a little bit. But now that takes that takes some degree of introspection. You know, well, that, that's that not being, being, a, being in a, and not being an adult, but that that takes part of that is just being a grown up. It takes some introspection, not being satisfied, being a grown up. That's that that that's also elusive because when I get into this kind of guilt tripping, apologetic, non entity of myself, that in itself is very um, infantile. When I get so caught up in thinking that my life is so important that every apology and every guilt makes all the difference, that's about as, as, as selfish as a person can be. Sometimes, oh, yeah. sometimes I have to be okay with the fact that I might apologize to you and you may not accept it. Is that going to cause me more guilt or am I going to be okay with putting it down and saying it's on you? I did what I was supposed to do, apologize from my heart and mean it. But see, here's the trap in that. I apologize, you don't accept it, I put it down, and I say it, you know, I, I did my best, and I walk away from it, if I ain't ready to put it down, it's just like <laughs> paper. it's just going to reattach itself to me. Oh, yeah, because guilt's going to come back up, and it's going to be like, well, yeah. well yeah. why? Did, yeah. maybe yeah. I didn't apologize, uh, maybe I should have apologized right. this maybe way. Maybe I didn't that apologize way. In, a, in a good enough way, right. so there must right. be another yeah. way to apologize. Yeah. Right. Something I, something I missed. Maybe it was something I yeah. missed. Maybe it was something. Yeah. Uh, let me let me get, something let me, I let me try let me try to <laughs> let me try to get yeah. it perfect. Yeah. How many, how many different ways can I say I'm sorry? Well, as many ways as you're gonna keep trying. The question is, what do you do after that? Yeah, man, brother, brother, brother. What do you, what do, you do after you that? Know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you know, that out. Um, I'll I'll follow <laughs> you to the end of the earth. I mean, I will anyway, but. You figure that out, then you're the man. You're the man. There was, um, there was, um, 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 and I think Will and I, I think we talked about this, Will. Um, well, I don't know, ten, fifteen years ago, I don't know. One of the retreats I was doing up in the mountains, and um, and and I was actually a co-leader, you know, and and but we were doing our circle. And and I and I did a moment of um, of sharing, and I talked about how frustrating it is for me to think after the work I've done on myself and degrees of self improvement to still have moments of my past just sneak up on me out of nowhere and just jump all over me. You remember when you did this? Remember? And and it's like fifteen years ago, something I did, and how it just takes me out of my moment, just like that. And and how it just wears me out, how I just get so guilt ridden when I was just feeling the light of joy. You know, and, and and a participant tugged me at my sleeve and right away I'm thinking, Hey, I'm a co leader. What does this participant has to say to me that's gonna help me? After all, I'm the enlightened one. <laughs> I'm so crazy guilt that ego trip I was going through. You know. And she said, you know, maybe what you need to do it. And I'm thinking, okay, what I need to do, right, right. Here we go. Uh, here we, here we go. What you right. need to do, yeah, yeah. 
maybe what you need to do is when those moments happen, reflect on how long ago it was and ask yourself, what have you done to improve it since? She said, maybe that's just a snapshot from your soul telling you how you used to be. And all you need to do is take a moment to look at, are you the same or have you improved? And I thought, what nerve? (laughs) How dare you tell me something that makes sense? And everybody had a nice laugh about that. But that's been my practice ever since. It doesn't mean that those moments don't happen, and it doesn't mean that when I do that inventory, that right away all of a sudden I turn the lemons into lemonade. No. The wound is still there. The scar is still there, but the guilt is not. You know? Memory doesn't always have to take the form of guilt. Sometimes it could just take the form of reminder. And sometimes the only thing that needs to be said is, boy, I'm glad I'm still not like that. Hmm. Right on. Yeah. All right. Man, Adam, appreciate I'm, just, I'm, just waiting, I'm waiting to hear the, the muted. Huh? I'm just waiting for you to mute me. <laughs> Ew, I mean, your, Excuse me. Your mic might stay open all night, man. We haven't even decided the format. This is, you know, I'm sorry. And on, 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 your, on your one point, Bill, what my dad used to always tell me is that when you make mistakes, you look at them and you put them in a filing cabinet. So you can go back to the filing cabinet and look at it and say, hey, this is what I did last time. And this is what the end result was. So you never forget it, but you always keep it as a reminder, which is what I I think is is what you are saying. You always keep it there to remind you. Okay, I I apologize. But you always keep it there. No, that's that's kind of it. That's kind of it. But, I mean, what I'm saying, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. Don't get me wrong. No, not at all. what What I'm saying is when I take inventory, it's just what it suggests. You know, inventory means all things, not some things. So that mm-hmm. means, damn, that means I got to come up with some good things too? Yeah, that's what inventory is. What are the things that work? Those are the good things. Look, man, if I got something that's going on bad, the only way I can know it's bad because there's a complement of good, else I would not know the difference. So what I was required to do a long time ago in the early stages of my recovery was when I do inventory, every bad I find out, I got to have a good to compliment. And you know what I found out? It's a hell of a lot easier for me to dig up the bad in me than it is for me to find the good. You know, mm-hmm. So that's where the work of inventory is. Yeah, my filing cabinet of mistakes, they all, to me, they also needs to have a complement of intent. You know, else my mistake will always be what I am. My intent is where I learn. My mistake is where I fail. Mm. Wow. Okay. But that's personal inventory. That's not somebody else taking my inventory for me. That's the other trap. When someone else's opinion of me means more to me than my own. Tell me y'all ain't done that at one time or another in a relationship with a woman. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about, man. I, I know. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm perfect. 
I'm not thinking about what what the other person is thinking. I'm far from. I know. I, don't, I, don't know. I know. Ask my direct right. I'm perfect. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Until that moment of favor comes, then it's like, oh yeah, baby, you're right. <laughs> Shut up. I, I do I need I do I do need to say one thing. You know, Will. By now, you'd you'd have been like three or four hours on your way to uh, Massachusetts if you were, if you would have left earlier. Yeah, I'm I'm waiting for Armand to get settled, and then you know, we'll we'll look at that later on. No. Adam, uh, uh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's that's my that's my. Excuse and reasoning for tonight. Now Wednesday and Thursday might be a totally different uh, response, but tonight that's my that's that's what uh, I'm sticking to that. But tonight, right, right, right. I can't go see my cousin <laughs> until my brother gets settled. Hey, you know the roads go both ways, bro. I ain't driving to Chicago. Right. Okay, so there it is. So, ladies and gentlemen, it is now my car. Uh, my car won't make it that far. Hour. <laughs> Okay. What had happened was, mm-hmm. man, hit that mute button, man. Go on, yeah. Will. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, seriously, it is 13 past hours, so we're just going to take a little break here. Wow, uh, really? Man, yeah. outstanding, Adam. Right on, right? <laughs> so we'll just take a little break here. Let us uh, catch our breaths here. I was only joking up. by hitting that mute button, man. I was just playing. Huh, we could, we could just take a, a short I little break here. Easy. Just have a moment, and uh, we'll come right back, you know. Uh, All right. So, okay. Yeah, so ladies and gentlemen, just give us a, eh, give us a couple minutes. We'll be right back. Grab pen and paper. Uh, get some more ice for your beverage, or just take a moment just to reflect. This is the Greenhouse Effect Radio Show. The hero's journey truly did not know how you felt. Mm-hmm. You just had to work on how you felt about what the, how the people were trying to do what they were trying to do. Well, it, it doesn't let anybody off the hook. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, and that, I think that's, that's the key thing is that I think when you, you everybody is the hero in their own story. You know, right. like, <laughs> like you should be the hero in your own story. You should be, um, you know, you, you, you should see yourself conquering um, you know, the dramatic action of whatever you're trying to do. So when you get the crisis, you know, you know how to deal with it. You right. should be able to do that. And th- there are people that come in and help you with your story, but you have to be the person who who deals with the conflicts that are in place. Nobody else can. There's no deuce ex machina right. that's going to come in and, and, and save it for you. Even if you pray to God, God expects you to do some things. So I think um, you have to be that hero. I, I know that I felt that and I can
All right. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Dad and Adam, your mics are on, just to let you know, just in case. So when we went Thanks to break... Yeah, yeah, no problem. So we went to break, and at the beginning of the show, I was able to grab a couple of sound bites uh, out of respect and out of for uh, Chadwick, Brother Chadwick. Bose, is it Bozeman or Bosman? Which Bozeman. one is it's Bose, Bozeman, right? Like Bose, like Bose, the speaker. Like the speaker, Bose, right. Yeah, and, you know, just people, man. Sometimes, I don't know if it's just white people just wanting to piss other people off and, like, intentionally <laughs> not say their names, right? You know, Adam asked that before we was talking about uh, Kamala. I'm like, damn, man. It's like, come you, on. You mean man. Kamala? Yeah, you know. <laughs> you mean Kamala? Jeez, man. You <laughs> mean <laughs> You mean Carmela? <laughs> I don't even know who did it, man. I just heard somebody say his last name, and it was like, hey, you asshole. You know, it's like, geez, come on. But yeah, I'm sorry. That's, that's what I'm I had sorry. That's what I had to deal with with Armand all the time in, in his Catholic grammar school, man. It's one teacher, you know, this old white teacher, you know, female, was determined to call him Armin. And no matter how much I repronounced his name as we were talking, she would look right at him and say, so Armin, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. tell me that wasn't um, trying to get a rise out of me. Man. Yeah. Maybe, maybe they were digging on you and they wanted to, Never mind. I'm sorry. That's a whole nother subject matter. <laughs> I'm not even going to go. And it really don't work right now. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm yeah. like, why am I even going there? But uh, but at the uh, at the break and at the beginning of the show, I was able to grab a couple sound bites. Uh, Brother Chadwick was talking about the hero's journey and uh, in his interview with uh, Trevor Noah. Um, I really like that. Now everybody should be the hero of their own story. You know, um, a lot of jewels that this brother left in a short amount of time that. He uh, was able to do his craft, you know. I just thought that uh, just thought that was I hope that was cool. I, I hope it sounded okay. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. You know, it's always man. Well, to, it's always good to hear anything inspiring, you know. Um, yeah. And and I like the cross section of it, you know. Like I I um I was a student. Well, not a student personally, but a student as far as attraction to his work of Joseph Campbell. And mm-hmm. Joseph Campbell wrote um, mm-hmm. The Power of Missing, the hero with a thousand faces amongst, yes, you, know, uh, you know, a plethora of other things. So to hear him talking about the hero's journey just reminded me, you know, of the value of something that, again, if you don't hear the context cross-section of it, the tendency is to only think of it in one way. Joseph Campbell was a, a white man. As much as I appreciated what he was talking about, I still had to try to redefine it to fit me. To hear, mm-hmm. you know, to hear a black man talking about the same thing, it has a different vibration to it for yeah. me. Yeah, and that's and that's exactly why that's exactly why I wanted to play it tonight. We touched on it before. Amen. Or earlier in the season, um, the power of words, or something like that. I can't remember exactly yeah, why I mentioned yeah, Joseph yeah, Campbell. Yeah. 
Um, yeah. But we talked about the the journey of the hero and and the you know. But anyway, that's that's why I I brought it up. So cool. I'm glad that it was received in that way. Awesome. Yeah, and see, for me, hearing you talk about the um, African deities reminds me again of his book, The Power of Myth. You know, people don't understand myth is not a lie. Myth is an explanation of why a thing is the way a thing is. A myth will always give you the, the groundwork, the root, you know, um, of where a thing started from. You know, but for some reason... You know, people context myth as being a lie. No, it's an explanation of how a thing became a thing. Yeah. Let's take you back to the beginning, you know. Takes you back to the beginning. Amen, bro. You know, that's right. Well, that's how I look at it. But hey, what do and I And I just started watching yesterday. I, I started to watch uh, The Five Bloods. <clears throat> Did you finish which it? Which is. No, I didn't. I haven't finished it yet. Okay. But that's supposed to be a like a phenomenal movie. Who, well, who said that? <laughs> who told you that? <laughs> Spike Lee. I don't know. Uh, okay. But I thought I thought it was supposed to be a pretty good movie. I mean, well, it has it has the actors in it. To be a great hey, movie, man. Yeah, yeah, man, got them all, man. Mm. Yeah. Well, when you watch it, it is. I'm, when you when you finish it, I'm, I'm very. I can't wait to hear your review. Okay. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too, man. Get me in on that one, man. And I mean, you know, just hearing it, not you know, being crass or you know, not not being cutting or anything else. I would just be curious to hear your review. Your honest Whether or not review. it's a great movie or not, just your what honest else? review. Yeah, yeah, okay. whatever. Your honest review. Yeah, no. And problem. now, and it's and it's, it's interesting. You know, it's interesting now that Chadwick has passed. So yeah. I'm very curious to see what that feeling will be as compared to those of us that saw it while he was still alive. Okay, but you. You know, once you see it, we can talk more about it. Okay. Yeah. So, uh, Dad, did you want to? Uh, I know this isn't quite the smoothest transition we had, but was there anything that you uh, wanted to to touch on uh, and follow up from uh, Wednesday's show? Um, I hadn't had a chance to pull up any current statistics. And you had a lot of numbers and things like that. So I didn't know if there was anything else you wanted to touch on. Well, you know, man, you know, to be honest with you, like I would say, okay, I'm getting ready to lie. You know, um, from last week to this week, there's so much, you know, real-time things that have happened that somehow statistics just seem so cold in comparison. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. like, well, I mean, not as far as the, you know, current state of affairs with coronavirus. I, I just think that that's something that we don't have the right to ever get tired of hearing. You know, I mean, it's it's annoying, it's inconvenient, but it's what's here and it's what's on us. And, and we don't get to decide, okay, I'm done with this now because it ain't done with us. 
you know, so those stats are continuing to rise, and those concerns remain the same for me. And even more so, you know, as I see people, you know, becoming more and more lax, you know, even people, you know, in, 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 in my own surrounding, you know, and, you know, I'm old, man, you know, so I'm, I'm on the coronavirus hit list, you know, but, you know, so many things are related to so many others, you know, talking about family issues and, you know, family issues as, you know, a comparison. You know, what's the, is there a difference between, like, black families and white families? Well, you know, I'm one who believes so, but without a concentrated study, there's no way to validate it. You know, the black family as a system has not been studied. You know, it has not been. What it has been is a comparative, you know, like so many other themes that resonate in, in this culture. You know, black folks are a constant footnote or parenthesis or a suggestion that, well, it's no different, you know, from black or white. Well, that might be true. But to me, the only way to validate it is by having a separate independent study. Then we can compare notes, you know, just to assume that people who are reactionary in their reactive consciousness are therefore the same as those who are action-oriented, I just don't think it's fair. I've done enough counseling in 39 years to see the difference, but I can't validate it in books that don't exist. You know, but I've seen it up close. I'll give you an example. In the black family system, early on, now I haven't worked in the inpatient treatment setting for substance abuse addiction in a long time. I don't even know if those things exist anymore. But for the time that I did work in there, it's a completely different experience when you bring in the black family to talk about alcohol use and abuse as it is when you bring in the white family. You know, um, we, we, we were, and I have a feeling, still are prone to secrecy. And that secrecy without some form of therapeutic approach makes it real difficult to have the necessary clinical tools to know how to assess it. In comparison, you know, the black family as a system, when it winds up in, in the um, substance abuse arena, is dysfunctional by design. You know, there's really no other way that one should expect the black family to deal with um, the issues of substance abuse within its circle in a hostile environment, which anything that ain't black is a hostile environment when you got to give away information. You know, so, you know, black grandma had all the power. You know, grandma, if you didn't win grandma over as a counselor, you weren't going to learn anything about the family. But I'll never forget one time when I was counseling a black family, and, it was, you know, the dude was in treatment, and his wife was, you know, ragging him, you know, and as people do a lot of times when the person with the problem becomes the problem and everybody else is so well. So she was really kind of beaten up on him. And um, his mama, you know, came to his defense. And I kind of backed mama. But the whole family attacked me. <laughs> <laughs> and I learned real quick, oh, no, I have no opinion until I'm asked. I had no right to step in. You know, that's the way the defensive structure of the black family system is all too often. You know, we'll talk about each other. But you're an outsider. Don't ever think without permission you have the right to talk about any of it. You know, that's that, that strong um, 
that strong element of, of dysfunctional denial, you know, then in spite of everything else, no matter what, we're not going to let you in on our secret, you know. Um, so, you know, the talk about the black family as a system and the black family in crisis, the crisis is almost inborn. It's like we're constantly in crisis because we're really not clear about our roles, you know. What does it mean to be the head of the family? You know, what does it mean to be, you know, the um, the, the the gifted child? What does it mean to be the 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 youngest child? What does it mean to be the daughter in a family? You know, that she's the oldest. You know, what are the expectations of her, as opposed to the son who's the youngest? You know, there's many themes that we've never explored, but when it comes to a universal crisis, you know, like just looking at, you know, the United States, we're talking about, you know, health, we're talking about politics, we're talking about economy, you know, and we might even be talking about, you know, geography, you know, and, and you know, are we clear about what it's like for a black family living in a socioeconomically impoverished community as compared to a black family who's living maybe middle class? Or do we even know what middle class is anymore? You know, do we even understand economically what the difference is? And who has the right to call upper, middle, and socioeconomically impoverished um, black families, who has the right to call all of them minorities? You know, it's just such a misnomer for us as a people of, of color living in a democratic society that still defines us by numbers. You know, that's just such, that's such a, that's such a hypocrisy to me, you know? Um, but then again, when we see this dude who calls himself the president and he talks about protesters. And if we know that the theme of protest is about black lives matter, then right away, who becomes the culprit? Who becomes the scapegoat? Black people. You know, what What would have happened, y'all? I'm asking both of you, uh, Will, Adam. What would have happened if we had just attached a little old preposition onto it? Would it have changed the context of the meaning if we had said black lives matter too? Yes. It would have, yeah, I think so. It would have taken away that, uh, well, what about, it would have taken away some of those extra questions that people want to throw out there. Yeah, yeah, because people are used to thinking of us as a minority. So mm-hmm. we say black lives matter, too. That sounds like something lesser than the greater whole, right or wrong? You said it sounds I, I, greater? I think, I think that's right. Mm-hmm. It sounds like something lesser than the greater whole when you say black lives matter too. That's like, oh, yeah, us as well, also. You know, don't forget us. But then then my question is. How dare you? You don't get to decide that. That ain't how we (laughs) trained you. You're trying to say you're more important. But if, if I can interject for or just jump in for one second. If that was the case, how many people, how many many black people, people of color, would have said, you don't need to add that to? 
or would that would 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 that have created additional controversy? Okay, we're right back to the same point again. Without the research, we don't have any way to validate the facts. It's a supposition. Mm-hmm. My point is what we know we're dealing with is all of this reaction to Black Lives Matter. And what you hear as a reaction to it is, well, what about white lives? What about blue lives? What about all the other lives? They matter. They matter as well. They matter too. You know, they matter just as much. So the argument is already in place. My point is, would it have been more inclusive to say, I mean, black folks are going to argue among black folks about black issues forever, and that should be that way. It should be an argument among us. But that's not what a reactionary people do. You know, we don't get to state the argument. What we do is react to the argument. So Black Lives Matter, too, if it had been something that had just been put out there, it'd be no different than Black Lives Matter. Black folks have argued that. Mm -hmm. So then how do you react to the statement, well, what about black-on-black crime? What about it? What about white-on-white crime? You know, I mean, that's so – it's so ludicrous in in a society as violent as ours. What about white-on-white crime? What about white-on-black crime? <laughs> you know, what especially makes black-on-black crime... I'm sorry, go ahead, Will. No, no, and, and especially in a society where the criminal uh, or the victim has to justify, you know, being the victim from the yeah. criminal. Yeah, else, you know. see, that's what happens with black folks. We become perpetrators of our own misery. So black-on-black crime, it's like we're perpetrators of our own misery. You know, we kill each other. Well, you know, I've been on this earth for 73 years, and I don't know anybody in my family who does that. (laughs) I I don't know anybody in my family or anybody in the extended family or the friends of the family who's into black on black crime. You know, what I do know is that there's a concentrated effort on where the crime is, who the perpetrators are, and who the victims are. Black-on-black crime doesn't make the victim the perpetrator. What do we do about the victim? What has this government done to move it? It's amazing how it can do in a heartbeat what it wants to do to rise up, to, to bring it law and order, to protest. What happened to law and order in crime-ridden neighborhoods? overrun with drugs when we know already statistically speaking you can expect that when it's a socioeconomically impoverished community who is just struggling for survival so where's the protection for those victims you know what good does it do to have the police mowing you down in the middle of the day do that same crap at three o'clock in the morning take your hardware into the Hood after midnight. Do battle where you already know battle is. Protect the victims. Don't blame the victims. Yeah. So that whole black on black, when they'd be like, what about? That's, you know, to me, that's, I mean, we, and I know the points you're getting at, Adam, but, you know. What's the point? What's the point? Will help me understand it then. You say it like I missed it. Well, I only, only say that because we talked about it before. And it's like, well, what about 
all these arguments, you know, when we talk about Black Lives Matter, and then they talk about what about Black-on-Black crime, and if Black Lives Matter, then why is there so much Black-on-Black crime? Is that what you're saying, Adam? Yeah, well, well, people people talk, I mean, the the response when black people get, or when people in general get get upset about police shooting unarmed black men. Yeah, I mean, I understood the point. I thought I gave an answer to that. Yeah, yeah, okay. But, you know, that's the best answer I got. Maybe y'all got a better answer. You know, I mean, we're making, you know, um, the victim, the perpetrator of their own misery. What does black-on-black crime mean? You know, not the fact that it exists, but what does it mean? You know, what are we saying when we say, but what about black-on-black crime? Well, what and, are we and not, saying? not what are they not, saying? Not we, we because saying? we don't say it. Because we no, and, and not, we don't have right an issue now. with what, what are we? So what are we saying then when we hear it? What are we saying in response? What are we? What do we think? Black on black I have crime no, is about. That's why I asked the question. Yeah. Well, it's there not, it is it's right not there. That, that requires some degree of um, of, of statistical study, bro. You know, statistics speak to data. Data is the result of, of research, not innuendo or supposition, but it's right out there. You know, it's it's where we go to find out any other information we go to seek. Or, or, or have we gotten so, you know, conditioned to the element of violence in some communities that are predominantly black that we just say, well, here we go again. You know, and, 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 and we lose our temper. I mean, where do the guns come from? Where do the drugs come from? What is the reason behind gangs? Have y'all ever heard of prohibition? How did they deal with that? You know, that was yeah. white on white crime, you know. <clears throat> but, uh, I mean, and, and people were getting killed even, even, during, even at that time. But it's, How did it, they manage it, to bring an end to that? How did they get but that it, But it comes control? across as, okay, you're going to get mad because a white cop shoots a black man, but the hundreds of black men shooting black men, you don't, you don't, you don't, you're not out there, they're protesting and, and doing everything else. And that may not be the case, but that's, I mean, that's, that is... That's the reality, though. What's the reality? That crime exists in America? <laughs> you know, white people, look, you got a dude with an assault rifle at the top of the Mandalay Bay, and he mows down 30, 40, 50 people and wounds 100 more. You know, uh-huh. and, he's, and he's handcuffed and carted away if he doesn't blow himself away. You got a white boy, yep. 17 years old, wandering down the streets of Kenosha after midnight when he knows, and he's from Illinois, and you're yep. going to tell me he's not out hunting niggas? You know, you're not telling oh, yeah, me that's no, what he's one, one, of, one of the dudes he so, shot was you know, white. So, yeah, and, and so, you know, like, we, you know, I mean, the argument, I guess I'm trying to understand what you are, where you are coming from with that. You know, what about black-on-black crime? I, I, I don't understand where you two go with the 
with the dialogue when that question is presented in your own heads. Well, what about black-on-black crime? You know, it pisses me off. Sure it does. We got enough issues going on without, you know, um, gangbangers mowing down gangbangers and then innocent bystanders getting caught in the crossfire over control of the drug trafficking in the community that's also killing us. But so then where, where are, so I guess it's, it's where the protests against those killings. Well, no, it's where the conversation will, and will, back in the, and not, not, the I don't even say back in the day, but you were out on the corner in, in Chicago handing out, you know, giving out sandwiches and, and providing food and providing school supplies and providing coats and and things for kids there. Yeah, that's still. I mean, it, it, it you know, black on black crime is not like a state of 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 of, of life. It's one of the conditions and it's one of the circumstances of the socioeconomically impoverished community. I don't know why that's not understood. Well, you it know, may be understood, but, but why is it accepted? And it's also contained within the community. You know, you ain't got, you don't have, you ain't got, you don't have black crime leaking out into white neighborhoods. Oh, well, no, because then it didn't it, it, it be an issue. It, it, so, or it'd be a bigger you know, issue, so, let me say, let me put it that way. So the argument, you know, is not what is being expressed. It's like the excuse to justify shooting down black men. Yes. It's like I get to shoot you down because you shoot yourself down. Right. So, so why what, you what, what does it matter me for doing what you do to each other? But I don't know anybody like that. But nobody is not asking me about that. I haven't known anybody like that in 73 years. Oh, no, absolutely. I don't know black folks who kill black folks. No, no, absolutely. And in and, and my 43 years, I don't, I mean, I, I well, I, I, yeah, I do, I do know that, though. Yeah, I, and that's my point. So it's like, where, where's the argument even coming from? But what bothers me is that it's not even what we're talking about amongst ourselves. Yeah. The issues that exist are not hidden. And the reasons why they are not being exposed is because the lack of trust within that system is supposed to be protecting us. Yes. It feeds the fire. It but has it ever protected us? I'm sorry, y'all. No, but has that system ever protected us? I don't, I see, I don't know what that means. You know, I, I, I don't, you know, like, um, no, nobody's been able to just at this time, all right? No, but see, I can't even say that. We have a history of violence being done to black people. You know, Tulsa, one example. Rosewood, another example. I mean, you know, black lynchings. You know, I remember reading in Jet Magazine all the way up into the, to the mid-50s. I remember being able to read in Jet, you know, the number of lynchings that have had happened in the country. You know, I mean, it, it, it's, you know, it, it's, Violence toward black people is not a, a nuance. It's not a, a new phenomenon. 
You know, the only mm-hmm. thing that has brought it to the attention of of society is 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 videos and 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 cable. You know, but society is not ready to deal with that guilt. So I don't know which category of guilt it would fit in, Will, but there's an element of guilt it would fit in that says, oh, no, I cannot own this because then I'd have to do something about it. This country ain't ready to deal with white guilt when it comes to black people. Will it ever be ready? I don't know. You know, that's, that's kind of rhetorical. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah that's the billion-dollar question. No, that's just kind I mean, of rhetorical. I mean, you've had leaders who have asked that, you know, who have not asked the question but attempted, well, not attempted, but have applied an answer. You know, whatever whatever is said and after it's said and done, there's one thing that we all have to at some point take a breath long enough to realize, as slowly as it has been, it has gradually gotten better than it was since slavery. As gradual as it's been. Yeah, I mean, you can't argue with that. <laughs> better. Well, it's, yeah. but okay. And, and what we have so to as, remember as in context as it's been, is it because we're we're not all slaves? I mean, I, I, no, no, no. See, you know, man, there's things that have happened since slavery that have left some fingerprints and footprints that suggest we're making some degree of progress. Look in the political arena. Look in the economic arena. You know, look at okay. the social arena. You know, look at look at look at the um, state of of Congress today. You know, look at the fact that we had a black president for eight years. Look at the fact that we have, a, a, well, a, in part, a black female running for vice president. You know, there are, there are footprints and fingerprints that suggest, based on what has been, we have been marching towards something better than it was. As slow as it's been, we have to remember we're only talking about a couple hundred years. Now, in universal time, that's a fart in the wind. A couple hundred years. This is still as we know it, not as those indigenous to this country knows it, but as we know it. You know, this is a very young and immature country, and it behaves that way. Very young and very immature. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Look at where we are right now as a country compared to other people. Just you know, very dealing young. with. And very immature. Yeah. Yeah, we're dealing with, right on. Dealing with, dealing with COVID, you know. Yeah. Don't nobody want to like deal with that. Acting like a spoiled brat. Acting yeah. just like a spoiled brat, you know. And ain't nobody around to spank his ass. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know. No, it, it, it's cool. That's cool. I, hey, man, I'm glad you guys had, I'm glad we had some dialogue like this tonight. Thank you. Thank, thank you, Adam, for, for calling in. Like I said, I know you were busy tonight uh, I appreciate you coming in on this Monday I know it's difficult for you so thank you no no absolutely but we need we need to get spanked we just got to find the person to spank us no we need to spank him we got to find somebody to spank him right you know he's the spoiled brat 
Yeah. We need yeah. Somebody and hopefully we have uh, have and the, the only people thing we have available to us bank. to spank his ass with is a vote. That's right. And that's a reminder, ladies and gentlemen, if you get those mail-in ballots in as soon as possible, complete those census. The deadline's coming up soon. So definitely got to get those things done. And for real, get it done. It's funny yeah. uh, looking at uh, Trump's campaign commercial, and I think somebody said this. And, uh, you know, he's like, oh, you know, we don't want, you don't want Biden's America. But all the clips that he uses are the Americas under under his time, you know. So he's <laughs> yeah, in all these man, clips exactly. under Trump's America, yeah. but he's like, we don't want this because you know this will be Biden. Yeah. You know, it's like, <laughs> yeah. And, and here's funny. the irony. Here's the irony to me. It's like Trump is running for the president and Biden is the president. You know, it's like <laughs> that ain't, you know that you know he's got this whole campaign is ass backwards, man. You know. He's the sitting president, and all the stuff he's showing, you're right. This is on his watch. This, this is, is what's yeah. going on in his presidency. Biden didn't create none of it. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this, is, this is stupid. This is so stupid. Yeah. Man, it's amazing. All right. Adam, so we're... My man, how's, how's the family? If I may just be a little personal right now. Sure. Yeah, oh, no. How's the family? I mean, I... Oh, wait, I, whose family are you asking about? <laughs> you know, your dad, your ma, your peeps, man. How's, how's, oh, yeah. No, mom, mean, mom and dad are good. Jason's good. Nikki's good. Nikki just bought a house. Um, she's oh. good. Jason's good. Sam's in. And um, Sam's in Philadelphia. He's good. As of right now, every, everybody's good. Everybody's happy. We're all healthy. Outstanding. All right, how's your yeah. son doing? Well, my son's 22, so <laughs> I'm not going to say anything else. He's he's 22, and he's kind of he's 22. I'm going to leave it at that. Well, let's see. Will was 22 at one point. Brandon was 22 at one point. Armand was 22 at one point. Okay. He's 22 feeling himself. I was 22 at one point. <laughs> yes. Oh my! Oh my God! Was I twenty-two at one point? Yeah. Yeah. You want you want to come up and 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 maybe he needs to get spanked. <laughs> That's oh, my to, oh my God! Oh my God! He needs to get spanked. Oh my God! Oh my God! So whenever you guys want to come up and spank him, then you know you can you can set him straight. Hmm. It'd be great if it worked that way. Man. Yeah, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. But he's alive yeah. and I'm alive, so so far so good. Uh, although I'm Helen and I'm Dorothy and Penny's mama and, and you know, um, um, there's one other person I'm missing. They used to spank me. Oh, Aunt Edith, they used to spank me. Yeah. yeah if, it, if it worked, you'd only have to do it one time. Sandy used to spank me with words. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah. And, and when I when I called my mom, my mom says Sandy's mom used to spank me with words. Yeah, that's the other one I was missing. Sure did, Mrs. Hobson. Oh, yep. And man. and and their words are, you know what? We got through you. You'll you'll get through them. Like, Will, okay. Will, you talk about reliving guilt, man. That's an example of it. <laughs> Thinking about all those times, man. They were, 
you know, get in my face because of my behavior. Oh, my God, man. Oh, man. You know, kidnapping you from your mama in Penny's mama's house. Man, I'll never, I'll never get that out of my head, man, and the way she... <laughs> Way Penny's mama talked about me the next time she saw me. Oh, man. Yep, and see that's those are the things you put in the file cabinet, and you remember. <laughs> no, yeah, and you remember, and I remember, and I look at it and say, "Thank God, I'm not like that anymore." I don't <laughs> yeah. look at it, relive it as if I'm still that way. Yes, you know that's yes. that's my point about inventory, yeah. healthy inventory taking. Yeah, you know, yeah, I can laugh about them now, but I'm laughing about them remembering the pain. That it yes. caused, and, thankful, and I, I would you know. I would say one one quick thing if I can. With the healthy inventory, the hardest thing about the healthy inventory is that you really and and we've talked about this a zillion times. The hardest thing about the healthy inventory is that you truly have to look into yourself, and that hurts sometimes. That yeah, hurts the, the hardest times. thing about a healthy inventory is being healthy. <laughs> yeah, and you know that's the hardest thing. To blow about by it. You got to be healthy, otherwise it's gonna be bullshit. And sometimes it's like part. I'd rather do, I'd, yeah. I'd rather deal with the bullshit than the reality. That's the hard yeah. part, you know. I'm gonna take a healthy inventory means all them other things you said. That's what being healthy is all about. Being able yeah, well, to look at all those things and take it and and recognize it for what it is and sing. The compliment to it. Yeah, all those yeah. things. But I'm aware of all those things because of all these other things. You know, it's and not so much about what I hate them. It's not so much about what I hate the most about myself as much as it is what I love the least about myself. Yes. And the hard thing is you wake up and you're like, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to justify all my garbage because I don't want to be healthy today. That's what I did. You know, as soon as I wake up to that inventory, it's like liquor store open yet? <laughs> inventory, my bottle's low, man. I gotta you got to get yeah, right. You know, that was Shit. it. That's right, man. That was my inventory. You know, where my stash? <laughs> I love you guys, man. This is so awesome. Zeke and I had a joke over the weekend. He said, uh, "I asked him. I don't even remember what I what I asked him, but his response was, I 'I don't know. Let's see what the bottle says.'" <laughs> it's an empty. Go get another one. <laughs> right on. Man. I love that. I love that. Oh man. I love that. Awesome I needed tonight. this tonight, man. Thank you guys so much. Cool. Cool. Yeah. Again, man. I'm glad you were able. Oh, to thank you, in. Adam. Thank you, yeah. man. It's great hearing your voice, man. Hey, yeah, you guys. I miss too, it man. when I don't hear your voice, man. Yeah, I, I need to. Uh, I need to get my stuff together so I can uh, make sure I, I I get on on Wednesday and Thursday. I do well, just know when you're not, you missed. But it's not like okay. it ain't nothing. To, it ain't nothing to guilt trip yourself. About. Right. No, right, not, right. Not, not definitely at all. no guilt. <laughs> definitely no guilt to be taken on that. Bro. Well, what what, yeah, what yeah. happened was. Yeah, definitely no guilt. <laughs> so yeah. it's uh, right. and so. I'm sorry, and so just to uh, let let everybody know, uh, I'm not sure that if you're going to do your show Wednesday, but um, the greenhouse I'm effect either. will not. <laughs> Will not air Thursday this Thursday. Um, yeah. I'm still not sure. We're still not sure yet on dysfunctional by design. So can we? Do no, you want to leave no. it like that? Okay. 
So, yeah, yeah uh, leave it like that. Stay tuned. Yeah. So stay tuned, but definitely there is no show Thursday. Uh, so we'll let everybody know about but Wednesday. But why not, Will? How come it's not going to be a Thursday show? <laughs> well, we only have 90 seconds left. So uh, I just want to no, 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 no. You, you need to extend that. Why? What? What's, what's going on with Thursday? I I just won't be available to. I won't have access to uh, to be able to do a show Thursday. I won't have access to do a show Thursday. That's, that's it. So okay, all right. Um, well, you do you. Yeah. You be selfish. That's okay. No guilt. <laughs> Definitely no guilt on my end. <laughs> I know that's right, man. I was waiting for that. Right on, man. You ain't going to be guilt trip tonight. <laughs> right on, bro. Yeah, that's see, right, though. On Wednesday night when you're in the show, I'm going to guilt you on it. Yeah, no problem. We do yeah, we do get better. Amen, bro. And, right on. Amen. And, and you know, Adam, a good solution to that is that we can start your own show whenever you're ready. Hey, I'm not doing woo, my own show. Woo, I, can you? Woo, I'll, woo, I'll woo. piggyback with you. <laughs> I'm ready, man. I, I got you, man. I can produce your show, too. It's all good, baby. <laughs> you know you're in trouble when you, start, when you start calling you baby. You know you're in trouble. <laughs> the greenhouse spreading from Texas to Chicago to Massachusetts. We got you all. That's it. That's, uh, that, baby, that baby, amen. that baby, I'm watching Petey Green. That's where that baby came yeah, out Yeah, I know uh, that's right, man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, man All right, man. So it's uh, it's uh, 9 o'clock our time, 10 o'clock. So we're just going ahead wow. and, and close it up. But I did want to just leave something um, in kind of relation to what we were talking about. And I think we all are very familiar with it um, when we – Ask God to grant us the serenity to accept the things that we cannot change and the courage to change the things that we can and the wisdom to know the difference, you know, uh, Amen. and talking with Adam. In our discussion tonight, uh, you know, we have to remember that we can't change other people, the past, circumstances, you know, some things just out of our control. But one thing we can always work on is ourselves, you know, and remember to shift your focus and try to realize that you still have power to change things in your life, you know? So again, our new challenge is to, you know, look at what you can do to bring joy to yourself first. Let's work on that. And then we'll work on ways to make everything else better. So any last uh, comments, daddy, before we close out? Um, yeah, I, I just got one little quick thing that um, sometimes gets lost in translation. Um, What you just said reminded me of it. You know, that that serenity prayer that you just gave is in part, but it's not the whole thing. You know, um, the rest of it is living one day at a time, enjoying, enjoying one moment at a time, accepting hardships as the pathway to peace taking, as he did, the sinful world as it is, not as I would have it, trusting that he will make it all, that he will make all things right if I surrender to his will, that I may be reasonably happy in this life and supremely happy with him forever in the next. Amen. 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 
All right. That's all I got tonight. Uh, all I again, got. No, <laughs> again, no show Thursday. Um, so hopefully we'll you know, talk on Wednesday. We'll talk on Wednesday. What's up on Wednesday? Uh, and again, yeah, celebrate gonna miss you though, man. Gonna miss you yeah. Thursday, man. man. Well, we'll see, but I don't think we'll. I don't think I'll be able to do it. No, no, no. That's a good miss you. That ain't a guilt trip, miss you. That, that, that was you a little guilt. That was you, a little man. guilt on that one right there. No, no. <laughs> oh, that, well, that, man. If, 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 if Bob Duke's ain't gonna do it, I'm, no, I'm, I'm, I'm a guilt trip you. Okay. I, I, I only <laughs> talk to you every once in a while, man. I I, I look forward to my Thursdays. No, so I'm, no, no, I'll just have to deal with it. Yeah, you sure will. Let me. Yeah, let me hurry up and be sure. Look here, one of the greatest compliments somebody can pay me is to tell me they miss me. No, right. man, uh-uh, ain't no guilt tripping there. Yeah, but Dude. you got, but that's me, because I guess too much of my life was spent. Damn, I hope that Negro don't come around. <laughs> <tonight."> <laughs> <laughs> well, I've been oh, guilt tripping for three oh, years about this show, so I, you know I'm, I'm all about the guilt trip. Oh yeah, oh, that's what I know, man. Yeah, that's for sure. Right All right, gentlemen. Love you both. All right, Dad, love, love you, you back, guys, man. too. See you love guys you on the other love side. You, I'll hear you guys in a couple of days. All right. All righty, man. Okay. All right, be safe. Peace. 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 All right, ladies and gentlemen. You all take care of each other. Uh, stay safe out there. Stay blessed. Celebrate those positive moments, those small victories in your life especially in this time of COVID and uh, social distancing. Um, Rejoice in those small victories. And life is throwing things at us left and right. But you have the power to change it. You got the power to make it happen. You all have a good night. See you next week. Well, Wednesday maybe. (laughs) Take care. journey is always in some ways the same there there are certain things that you have to go through in order to achieve something there there usually has to be some sort of sacrifice there usually has to be a call to to the journey and there usually is is, is a transformation of who you are and obstacles and things that that burn away and purge you into the person that you become. You're generally not a hero just for surviving by yourself, but but because you survive for a greater a greater purpose.